It's the Magic Time Podcast, brought to you by Herb Foundation Media. You've been listening. And welcome to episode 13, Lucky 13 on Valentine's Day. It's the Magic Time Podcast. I'm Scott Squires and really pleased to be joined today by the head coach of the Moncton Magic, Joe Salerno, as well, Terry Thomas, joining us today. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Happy Valentine's Day. Thank you. Thank you. Same to you guys. I hope you get lots of heart-shaped chocolates sometime today. I just noticed this is our this is our thirteenth episode in, in I think you usually call Terry Lucky Thirteen, don't you? That's exactly right. Lucky thirteen indeed for the Moncton Magic. So Lucky Thirteen joining us on the thirteenth episode. I didn't even plan it that way, Terry. I appreciate it though. It all works out. It does indeed. So listen, it's great to have you guys with us. Uh, well now into the regular season, of course. Uh the playoffs not that far away. And the team has definitely been gelling and seems to have put uh, a lot of the pieces together. And it's all kind of working in one big cohesive unit this past weekend. A couple of big wins at home. Uh, First of all, Coach, we'll go back to that uh, game against Cape Breton. Uh, An offensive explosion, to say the least. 147-109. Lots of good things to take away from that, but... uh, what were a couple of things you, other than the, the score, what were a couple of things you really liked about that win? Oh, I mean, I thought, I thought our, uh, our entire team just played with great energy, you know, from, from pretty much start to finish. Um, I think the way that we've been moving the basketball lately, the way these guys have been sharing the basketball, and um, it's just it's, it's a lot of fun to watch. And, and for me, I mean, when I go back and watch the film after a game, it's very hard for me not to notice, you know, how excited the guys are on the bench for their teammates. And um, it's just, it's just been great chemistry wise, you know, and, and that game I think was a kind of a direct reflection of, of um, how it can be any, any guy any given night. And, and we just have so many weapons and, and when they're all kind of buying into, you know, executing and, and kind of playing within our system, um, you know, we can be really tough. So I think, you know, every team over the course of a season has, a game or two where just everything is clicking. Uh, and that was certainly uh, our game against Cape Breton there on, uh, on Friday. Yeah, I mean, uh, such balanced scoring right across uh, the team. Brent Jennings with 25, Corey Allman with 24. Terry, you had 16. How much does it mean to you, Coach, to be able to have that kind of balanced scoring and not maybe have to focus too much on having two or three guys all the time that are carrying the weight? What's it like to be able to have the depth where it can be, as you said, kind of any guy, any given night? I mean, it's a luxury. There's no doubt about it. And I mean, the nicest, you know, the nicest thing was with with that was, I mean, Terry, you know, Terry had 16 points that night, but he didn't play the last quarter and a half of the game. You know, I mean, Anthony Anderson, uh, you know, we sat for the last quarter and a half as well. And and when you're in, you know, back-to-back situations such as we were, you know, that's just a huge luxury to have, you know, that you have so many guys that can come in and, and kind of pick up scoring loads and everybody can contribute. So, you know, we were, we were well rested for uh, the second night of the back-to-back. So it's, um, it's, it's great. It's great to have the depth that we have. And, and again, you know, playing the kind of unselfish style uh, that we are, you know, everybody is playing with confidence and, and kind of feeling good about their game. And certainly 
the first half of that game, if you look at the final score, the first half wouldn't have been indicative of the final score. It was a pretty close game midway uh, through the second quarter. You guys had a small lead uh, at the end of the half, but the third quarter was the difference. 51 points you guys put up. Uh, 51-32 was the score in that third quarter. Uh, where would you rank that quarter in terms of uh, top quarters that you guys have played this season, Coach? I, I've never – I mean, offensively, it was, I mean, it was it was kind of something to watch. I mean, I've never – I don't think I've ever had a 50-plus point quarter. You know, I mean, that, that's 51 points in 12 minutes. It's uh, It was certainly pretty explosive. Um, you know, but again, I, I think the, the guys were just – kind of playing our style, you know, they were looking to be aggressive and, and they were certainly finding, um, you know, all the three point shooters we have on the perimeter. I think Terry hit a couple of that quarter. Uh, Jennings, I think was four for four that quarter. Uh, Allman, Calise. So um, it was, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun to be part of a lot of fun to watch. And, and again, I mean, I think I took the most pleasure in seeing how much the guys on the bench were enjoying it as well. And um, so it was, it was great. It was, it was probably our best quarter this season. Um, I don't know how many more 50-point quarters we'll have, you know, but uh, I certainly would take would take so many times. So uh, it was great. Now, of course, uh, the big thing when you have a, a big blowout win like that is to kind of stay focused and bring it the next day. And, of course, you had a, an arch nemesis coming in, one of your bigger rivals in the NBL, the Island Storm, came in. And uh, you guys got off to a great start, and the Storm – Made a couple little runs toward the end, but uh, overall another good performance for the team, 115 to 100. Uh, Terry Thomas, Terry, you had 23 on the night. Jason Cleese with 25. Uh, your thoughts on that game against the Storm and the effort that your guys made coming off of that big win over Cape Breton and then taking it to the Storm? Uh, is that for me or Terry? For, for you, Coach. Um, it was it was good. I mean, you know, we talked all weekend going into that weekend. You know, take two. You know, take two games. That was kind of our, our model that weekend. Um, you know, we we knew kind of where we were in the standings, and, and we felt that was a a great time for us to try to take advantage of having home court. You know, against Cape Breton and, and the island. And um, I think we came in with a lot of confidence. I think we were still kind of flying high off the wind the night before. Um, we went on some really nice runs that game. You know, I, I think we struggled a little bit kind of maintaining the same level of, of focus and intensity. Um, I think that was certainly reflective on the, the defensive glass. You know, that was something I, I know you and Dave Tingley commented on often, uh, you know, in that game was, was, was how much the storm were, were kind of beating us up on their offensive glass. I think, I think for us coming off a really big win the night before, you know, having a, a 25-point lead in the second half against the storm, you know, it was easy for us to kind of lose a little bit of focus and not play as aggressive as we normally do. So uh, the biggest thing I took from that game is, is really, you know, this is something a little new for us, the, the way we've been playing. And, and now that we're clicking, you know, we could be in the position that, that you're leading, you know, in some games. So we really have to learn how to start playing with a lead and, and trying to maintain the same level of, of execution and effort uh, throughout 48 minutes because we know we're going to need that down the stretch in the, in the postseason. Now, that uh, win uh, against the Storm on uh, the weekend gave you guys five of the last six. And uh, your average margin of victory going into that game against the Storm in the streak that you had going uh, at the time was four or five. Uh, but your average margin of victory in that streak was 22 points. And I'll go to a comment uh, that you made on social media yesterday 
Um, again, I'm paraphrasing, loosely quoting, but you said that in, in your years of coaching uh, at this level, that this is probably the closest, most tight-knit group of guys that you've coached and that you've been around. And I'll actually ask you both about this. First to you, Coach, uh, maybe just expand a little bit on that and what that's like. Uh, well, I mean, it's great. And, and I, I think you know, I think the word I probably used was chemistry. And, and I think that goes both on and off the court. When, when, we, when we formed this team, uh, it was a lot of veteran guys that, that kind of already knew each other through the NBL Canada, playing against each other or playing, you know, on the same team over the last few years. So when you had them all arrive, they all kind of knew each other uh, to start with, and they all kind of knew what the, each one brought to the table. Um, the on-the-floor chemistry, guys really kind of understand their role. They, they kind of know um, what they can bring to this team, and, and I think everyone feels they can contribute in their own fashion. You know, whether that's Terry, um, you know, kind of being a lockdown defender, double um, A creating for shooters, Corey and Jason knocking down shots, and even, you know, guys who may not play as much, Kevin Farrell Thomas and, and Marquise right now, you know, just being extremely supportive and enthusiastic on the bench. All of that to me, when you add it together, just, just it, it, that's what your chemistry is. And, and I think it's been, it's been great for us lately. And uh, I've just really enjoyed coaching this team because it's such a veteran savvy team. And, and I think they're all just have one thing on, on their mind and that's winning. It, it doesn't matter who's scoring or who's getting shots. And um, it's just, a, it's been a joy to, to coach. And, you know, that's the coach's perspective, but for you, Terry, uh, you know, someone that's played at a very high level, both collegiately <clears throat> and professionally, uh, maybe just your thoughts on just that chemistry that this team really seems to have. Um, I'm actually really enjoying myself and I, I was actually talking to Double uh, A Anthony Anderson, and I was talking to a few of the guys because we always hang out like at my apartment. But like, I kind of told them that uh, I don't know how long I'm gonna be playing, but this team right here this year is probably gonna be like the top uh, most. Like, I'm gonna I made a lot of new friends, like really close friends. And I mean, I I tell these guys like some of the rookies when they first start, like sometimes you don't you don't you don't get a team like this. It's it's rare to play to play on and off the court and be cool with people. Like I have no complaints. Which is a very good thing. I mean, certainly how a team plays on the court is one thing, but when you can kind of have that camaraderie and chemistry off the court and hang out, and not on the stalking kind of way, but I follow a lot of you guys on social media, and I see the <laughs> fun that you guys are having on Twitter, on Instagram, and uh, it's really great to see. And, oh, I should mention, I haven't had a chance to thank you, Terry, but at the uh, the Christmas party that the Magic had there back in December, you guys let me sit at the cool table with all you guys, so that was nice. Thanks. I didn't really, I didn't know it was a cool table until you brought it up, but um, you're more than welcome to sit beside me. I thought you were going to say God, you didn't it, know it was the cool table until I sat down. No, that's what I was going to say, Scott. It didn't become cool until you got there. <laughs> uh, but, but again, I mean, even at that, uh, even at that gathering that night, it was really neat to see, <clears throat> pardon me, the chemistry and the camaraderie that the guys had. All right, so we'll, we'll kind of shift it back around to you again, Coach. Of all the teams in the league, uh, and I believe Dave and I talked about this on the broadcast on the weekend, but you guys, the Moncton Magic, might have made so far the fewest moves in the league, just a couple of kind of, uh, you know, good moves for the team. Uh, Jason Caliste one, Brent Jennings the other. But I've got to ask you again, we know this team is very good, very veteran, and, and a very solid unit right now. But with the NBL announcing last week that uh, their transaction slash trade deadline is coming up uh, in less than a week's time, 
Got to ask you uh, anything on the horizon that you might be looking at to tweak here or there for the playoff run. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're, we're still currently looking at, at a few things, um, kind of doing our due diligence on, you know, a potential move here or there. And, um, you know, but I, I don't think I'd be doing my job if I wasn't doing that right now. You know, again, it's, it's all part of it. Um, we're focused on, you know, having a winning season, winning a division and, and competing for a championship. So if there's options out there, you know, for guys that I feel that could help this roster um, and, you know, I feel it's a, a piece of the puzzle that fits, you know, that that's something, you know, we wouldn't, we would not pull the trigger on, you know, because we're, we're kind of on a little bit of a streak right now. So, um, you know, nothing set in stone, still kind of, kind of looking around, but I, I love the pieces that we have and I love the style that we're playing. And like I said, when, when you're in a situation where everybody kind of already knows their role and you've shown you can beat, you know, basically anybody in this league, um, it, it's tough to break that up. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're talking over, you know, we're talking some things with some, some, some people and, and we're kind of looking at a few things, but, you know, as of right now, um, you know, I don't have any set moves uh, in place before Monday's deadline. And how much weight do you put into, you know, as, as the coach, but also somebody that has the responsibility that you do for potential player movement, how much do you have to weigh a move that could potentially on paper make the team better, but then not wanting to disrupt the chemistry that you know that you have right now? How many sleepless nights do you have trying to, to work all that around in your mind, Coach? Well, I mean, you, you, you see me, Scott. You, you know me. You see the bags under my eyes. <laughs> so it's, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of, of nights. I mean, I just, I just want uh, you know, the best for our team. Uh, I want the best for our players that are currently here. Uh, I want the best for the organization. Um, I think we, we have a team that, that can compete for, for a title in this league. Um. You know, but but at the same time, there, there's there's always holes in everybody's roster, and you're always trying to plug those holes or or you know get better at at every position uh, when you can. So I mean, the chemistry we have certainly weighs. It, it does weigh a lot because I believe uh, that's a big reason why we have been playing as well as we have. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's tough trying to to figure out which kind of outweighs the other, um, but it's it's something that comes with a job and and. Uh, like I said, I'll always do what, what I feel is best for the month of magic. Now, Terry, I'm going to give a chance to uh, let Coach make you blush a little bit, and then we're going to pivot around and, and talk to you in a little more detail about uh, a little bit about who Terry Thomas is. But, you know, Coach, you and I have talked about Terry uh, all season long and, and what he's brought to this team. You know, you, if you just, I mean, I know that there's more than numbers to what Terry brings, but if you look at the numbers, he's first on the team in points per game, first rebounds per game. He's second in field goal percentage, third in three-point percentage. Um, you know, without without making him blush too much, because he's right there, but, you know, what can you say to this point about the contributions uh, that Terry uh, has brought to the Moncton Magic? Uh, Terry's meeting expectations, you know. I mean, that that's, to me, in a nutshell, what it is. Um, you know, once we were able to sign Terry, um, you know, obviously myself having a relationship with him over the last couple of years, um you know, he, he kind of knew, he kind of knew he was, he was going to be the guy coming in here and we were going to ask an awful lot of them. Um, I think I, you know, he was named the, the Atlantic division player of the week last week. And you know, I was quoted saying, you know, he, he's our guy. He, he's the guy. He's, uh, he's kind of the franchise player here. Um, 
and he knows that, and, and that's a, a lot of responsibility comes with that. And, and you really have to kind of produce every night on both ends of the floor um, to fulfill that role. And, and, and Terry's done that as well as this season. So, you know, it's not surprising to me. I've seen Terry progress uh, each of the, the three seasons that I've had him. Uh, his games continue to grow. I think he's matured uh, on the court and, and kind of understands the game, you know, a little bit better. And, um, you know, I mean, that, that's all part of it. That's all part of, of continuing your, your pro career. And, you know, he, we, we got him. I first worked with Terry when he was, you know, I had one year of professional basketball under his belt in Germany. Um, and, and it was kind of a big jump, I still believe, to the NBA Canada, the style of play and the physicality. And, you know, he's just kind of met all the expectations. Um, so, no, he's having a great season. And, and like I said, it's as expected. Um, so he's doing a lot. He's doing an awful lot for our team. And now, Terry, we'll, we'll turn it back around to you. You know, Coach mentions expectations. Obviously, when any player signs a contract with a professional team, the team has an expectation that the player is going to do certain things. But what expectations do you have for yourself? Um, I just feel like it's bigger than myself. Uh, I mean, like, individually, like, I just go out there and work hard each and every day. And I try to make my everyone around me better. And I try to, like, make them happy, you know, winning and everyone getting their numbers, everyone sharing the ball, playing selfishly. Like, that's what I try to be. And, like, I try to be a role model. I try to be a leader. Like my coach said, every expectation, like, I knew what he expected. I've been playing with him the last two seasons. I kind of had a, a good start and a good – we're on the same page. So I knew what he wanted. And I kind of just felt like that um, I had opportunity. He gave me opportunity, and I took – full advantage of it. Now, of course, you mentioned your previous experience with Coach Salerno over on the island, but for, you know, even though you've played a couple of years of pro, you're still just a young man developing your game, developing a lot of different aspects of your game and, and growth as a person as well. How important was it for you to be able to pursue that opportunity to continue a pro career and still stay with Coach Salerno? Because obviously you guys had a good rapport, but how important was that for you? Uh, it was. I love doing. I mean, I love doing what I love. I love working at it, and I just um, getting the opportunity that Coach uh, Coach Joe provided for me was um, was huge. I mean, it's rare. Um, I like you on the same page with a coach, and he trusts you, and you trust his decisions. So I mean, it's just that's where the, the ball started rolling. So once I got, <clears throat> once he believed in me, I just I went from there. So we're going to take you back now. We're going to put you in a time capsule, Terry, and we're going to we're going to travel you back to uh, your younger days uh, in and around, uh, I believe it's East Preston. Yes. So uh, you know, what are your earliest recollections of basketball? You know, did you did you play with family? Uh, you know, out on an outdoor court, but kind of what's your earliest recollection of having a ball in your hands and realize that you kind of enjoyed the game? Um. It was probably after uh, I, I was forced to try hockey, <laughs> and um, I like hockey and everything. But um, uh, probably elementary school, playing outside with friends. I mean, when I was growing up, that's all we did. We didn't have all these video games and screens. Like we were just outside. Um, that's the thing to do. That brought us together. It brought me closer to people. Like basketball um, created opportunities, friendships for me. So I mean, from a young age. I didn't think I had potential until probably high school. I didn't take like, that's why I took it seriously. But every day, like I was just with my friends and family out in um, probably the hall 
after school, wherever I could, wherever there's a court, I was there. Indoor, outdoor, didn't matter. I had shorts. I didn't need to, I didn't need to buy jeans. I was ready to go. <laughs> and where where did you go to high school? Where did you play your high school ball, Terry? Um, I actually played a I played a year in Toronto and Brampton, um, Turner Fenton, and then I moved down my last two years to Auburn Drive in Dartmouth. And a very good high school basketball scene in and around Halifax, of course, with Auburn High, with Citadel, uh, Halifax West. When you look back to those high school days and even even earlier than that, when you said, you know, you're out playing on the playground with friends and things like that, are there a couple of guys that you remember playing against regularly that maybe didn't make the leap to the next level that you're like, man, if if they had gone after it, they, they could have gotten there, man. They could have played at the pro level. Or were there a couple of guys that like that that you remember, kind of street legends or playground legends? Oh, yeah, like I do. I actually see them, some of them are my family and friends, and like every time I come back home, I just I let them know, like, it's like, you guys have potential if you would have chased it. Um, actually, uh, when I was in high school in Auburn, uh, Tyler Scott was at Halifax West, and Marquis Clayton was at Citadel, and like we always, we, we've been playing each other since high school, so it's, it's nice to see everyone playing there, and it's just sad that we all played against a lot of people on our different teams with a lot of potential that could have made it, but like, I mean... We, I had to chase my dream. I, like, I fell in love with basketball. And I had to, I had to chase it. Well, so far uh, you're doing a good job of chasing it. And before we kind of move on to your collegiate career, I know talking to Marquise and and being a, mostly m- the majority of my life in Halifax as well. I love Donairs. Marquise loves Donairs. <laughs> is there a Halifax food? Is there something that when you get back in and around the Halifax Dartmouth area, when you get a chance to go back, is there somewhere that you got to go eat? Is there some food that you just like when you're back? You're like you just got to get it. There's a there's definitely a donor I have to always go get, and uh, my mother she makes this like off the bone oxtail, and um, yeah, like the, the home cooked meals for me. Period. Actually, when we got back from St. John's, I took Double A, um, Jeremy Williams, uh, Terrell Baines. I took them all back to my house, and we had a, a big uh, home cooked meal. I live on a farm too, so like everything we made, like pork, like it's all off my farm. So it was it was nice. Okay, you got to tell me off the bone oxtail. What what exactly is that? Because that sounds very intriguing. <laughs> it's um, it's a Jamaican dish. It's it's really good. Spicy, I guess. Uh, not really. Not, not bad. really. I'll, I'll have to bring you some. I, you, Terry, don't even tease me, my friend. I'm a man of my word. <laughs> so what? So what's your mom's name? Uh, Angela Thomas. So Angela, now did you did you give mom a heads up and say, hey mom, I'm I'm bringing some of the guys over for a bite to eat, and like what was her reaction? I'm I'm guessing she probably loved it, but what was that like? Oh, she loves it. Like I always bring, like I I'm from a big household, like two younger brothers, two other sisters, and always my cousins around. So like she always loved the company. She always likes hosting people. So it was, it was she just let me know she like, how many people, and then <laughs> it was like a buffet style. <laughs> Typical mom, right? Oh, gotta love her. Now, before we get into your collegiate career, what's the one Christmas gift or holiday gift that you remember getting that was your best ever? And even to this day, you remember it like it was yesterday. Can you think of one? Uh, I honestly can't think of one, to be honest with you. Uh, probably like a rope control car when I was younger. <laughs> That's not bad. Uh, other than that. So you, you go from high school and uh, you go play three years at St. of X, uh, getting a bronze medal uh, at the Nationals in the final eight. And then you go transfer for your final year at Ottawa. 
another big impact there for the GGs, getting a silver medal in the final eight. As you look back, Terry, what are some, you know, those two things aside, obviously winning a medal is huge, but what are some fond memories that you have of your collegiate career and how did it help you develop as a player and a person? Um, honestly, like the camera, just the people I met, like I could never forget. I still talk to them to this day, like just the friendships that basketball my career has brought to me. Like it's, it's unforgettable. Um, also like one of my longtime friends, uh, Jeff Plunkett, uh, it was so nice. Like I know him since grade nine and to live with him and got to play at Ottawa and around a great group of guys. And um, it was, it's kind of like playing right now. Like it was one of the teams that were, we all hung out afterwards. We we're selfish and we were winning and everyone was just happy. Like those moments right there are rare and you just got to like live in the moment right there. Cause when it's all said and done, that's what you're going to remember. Yeah. Those are the things that stick in your mind. And, and as you said, you carry with you, um, you know, you've mentioned family, friends, you've mentioned some of your very close friends. Uh, but as you look back to this point, coach Salerno aside, but are there one or two really big influences on you, either from a family perspective or an academic coaching perspective that have had a really big impact on you and were really big influences you and helped you get along to where you are now? Yeah, I think uh, there's two players that were at Santa Vex. Uh, Christian, uh, Christian Upshaw, a.k.a. T-Bear, he, like his last year was my first year, and like he, he played a huge role on, on my basketball and me taking it super serious and basically letting me know that like I mean if I take it seriously like there's 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 opportunity and uh I would have to say my parents for being so supportive like super supportive to me like wherever I went no matter where the games were they try to reach out even now driving to PEI driving to anywhere they just they try to show much support and those those mean a lot to me when you look back like people going out their way for me and what I love and it just, it's special. Now, we obviously uh, got your mom's name, Angela. What about your dad? What's his name? Oh, his name is Terry. Ah, so you're Terry Jr. then. I am. <laughs> so, well, uh, you got to shout out to the parents, Terry and Angela. Obviously, I've had the chance to meet you and been around you, Terry. And for what it's worth, uh, your parents have done an outstanding job. They, And I'm sure they are, but they should be very proud uh, of the son, that they uh, have before them with you. And and so you leave your college career and you get a chance. You know, you're always looking for that next level when you're a player. And you go and you signed in Germany with the Hamburg Towers. What was that experience like? And how did you end up going to Germany? Um, I I got an agent um, towards the end of my career in Ottawa. And actually, that team just started it was a pro a team a brand new team in hamburg their first time they lived they just got their license i think in april and they signed me in july i mean it was a big it was a big experience for me it was i was nervous i've never been overseas in my life by myself um like a six seven hour time difference um it was hard it was hard to leave my daughter back there but i mean the sacrifice you make i mean they all come full circle, but uh, being out in Germany it taught me a lot. It taught me um, I had to elevate my game. It taught me uh, meeting new people, new culture, um, just trying to adapt to life, and that was pretty big for me. Outside of the experience of playing ball, and you mentioned you know, the time difference and all that, but what would be one or two things about Germany, whether it was 
a place that you went or where you lived or even food that kind of made an impact on you and that was kind of really cool to experience? Do you, can you recall some? Uh, yeah, right around our, our arena, there is this uh, sponsored restaurant. But, um, every time we won, like the whole team would go in and they would cheer you on. And I mean, it was just the culture was so rich and they were so loved. And I, I got to play my music and just be <laughs> myself. And it, they loved it. And it was just, the food was incredible. Like some stuff I couldn't even pronounce and it was just great. And just, I mean, the, I loved it. I loved Germany. Well, a very neat experience for sure. You come back over to Canada, uh, and you had some time over in the island with Coach Salerno, uh, Canadian of the Year, first team all-star, all-defensive first team. You've already accomplished so much, Terry, uh, in your young career, especially in the NBL, other than a championship, which is the ultimate goal for, for the team, for all team sports, but... For you, what other things would you like to accomplish in your pro career in, you know, in the NBL? Championship. To be honest with you, my career, I, I've got all the accolades. I got all the individual awards and like, they're, they're great. I don't really look into them. Um, but it's just the bottom line is a championship. Like I haven't had a championship. I came close. I've always at the, at the final stage, but I mean, it takes a lot to get there. And I feel like, with this team right now, we're all bought in. We're all bought into one thing. I think we all want to win that. So that's what the main focus is. That's a pretty good darn good answer. And I'm sure your coach was smiling when you said it. All right, we're going to kind of come back to coach in a second. But before we move on, Terry, I'm going to do a little rapid fire with you, if that's okay. You ready? All right. No, no tough questions. What's your favorite game day meal and why? Uh, probably pasta. Pasta, okay. Like a spaghetti, lasagna, anything in particular, just pasta? Just pasta. Um, I usually change it up, but I usually go for the pasta. All right. If you could pick one song, a pump-up song, that when you come out of the court that they play over the PA, what song would it be? Um, would probably be Drake, God's Plan right now. That's pretty hot. That's or, yeah. Other than the Moncton Coliseum, your favorite arena to play in in the NBL? Uh, would be uh, probably St. John's. <laughs> That's beautiful. Mile one center. All right. Uh, yeah. Favorite favorite NBA team and favorite player? Oh, I have to go with the home team, Toronto uh, Raptors. And favorite team player would be James Harding because he makes it look really easy. Listen, I know that you got your own thing going on and you got the beard, but you, you got that hard and beard thing going on. So you could be the NBL's beard. Well, I'd be honored. <laughs> I didn't really look into it. But <laughs> well, listen, Terry, we certainly appreciate taking the time. Uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, hang out with us. We'll kind of come back over to you, coach. Uh, we've talked last week about the amount of time that you guys have now at home in February, uh, a lot of home games, you don't have to do any major traveling in February, and you've got nice chunks between games. What's the prep been like this week? Of course, coming off those two big weekend wins over Cape Breton and the Island Storm. What's this prep week been like getting ready for Halifax and St. John? Uh, we took an off day uh, yesterday. <clears throat> uh, excuse me, Monday. Monday we took an off day. Try to let the guys kind of relax off after the uh, the back-to-back. Uh, Tuesday was kind of back to, to business. You know, the guys had uh, 
their strength training, you know, yesterday morning and followed with a pretty good practice yesterday. Um, you know, film session today, you know, a, a lot of clips from uh, from Cape Breton in the Island Storm game and uh, as well as Halifax and uh, practice this afternoon. And, and, you know, then we're back into to film and practice again tomorrow uh, with pretty much all the focus on, on Halifax. So, um, like I said, trying to take advantage of, of the schedule and uh, getting the needed rest uh, as well as the needed preparation just to be ready to go for uh, for game day on Friday. And, Coach, you know, we, we've talked about how the season is a marathon and not a sprint, but sometimes there's intangible things and things that can happen during the course of a season. This is something that I talked about in the broadcast the other day, and I'll throw it out there for you, and you can tell me I'm way off base. However, up until that game on January 24th against the Island Storm in Moncton, where you guys got that big, pretty substantial victory over the Island Storm. For the most part, the Storm had kind of had your number for most of the season, and they kind of seemed to be like that monkey on your guys' back. Since that win really seems to be when the cycles have come off and you guys have really gone on the run, winning five of six, offensive output like crazy, the team coming together, everything seeming to gel. Is it too much to say that perhaps that big victory over the Island Storm on January 24th might have been a key moment in the season? And again, feel free to to dispel my thoughts. Um, yeah, I guess I'll dispel them a little bit, Scott. I don't know if, if that was uh, was the the game or the the moment. Uh, to be honest with you, to me, it was it was the two games before we left for Ontario. Uh, we had back-to-back home wins against against Niagara and Windsor. Um, you know, then we had that, that very tough trip to Ontario. And I think I said on a podcast sometime before that sometimes those difficult road trips can kind of bring your team together. And uh, we had a great win in Windsor, a really tough double overtime, one-point loss at London, and then we had a couple injuries and a very close loss uh, in Niagara, and then another solid win in KW. And I really think since then um, – we've been playing good basketball. You know, I think we, we returned with a, with a low point, a loss in Cape Breton. And then since then we've won five or six. So, um, no, I, I think it was, it was the trip. Um, and, and I think, you know, just guys have just kind of caught on to exactly the style we want to play and, and what we're trying to do offensively. And at the same time, they've always kind of maintained that same defensive presence that we've had since the start of the season. So you, you combine those two, and you're going to start winning some games, and I think that's kind of what we've done. So let's take a quick look ahead to the game on Friday night against the Halifax Hurricanes, the only team that's above you in the Atlantic Division standings. And the last time you guys met a couple weeks ago, in my humble opinion, probably one of the best-played games that I've called at the Coliseum. I think the term I used when we talked about it on a podcast after the game that week was like two heavyweights going toe-to-toe. It was physical, it was fast, but it was also a mutual respect game. There were no shenanigans, no kind of extracurricular stuff after whistles. I expect, I'm sure, probably much of the same tonight, but what are you looking for this Friday night, and what are going to be a couple of keys for the Magic to kind of do what they did to Halifax the last time you guys played? Well, I think I think it was a great game the last time. I think both our games this year against them, I mean, one was in overtime down there, and then, and then we had a great game here at the Coliseum. Um, I think we want to do a lot of the, the same, you know, that we did the last time we played them, only try to do those things a little bit better. Um, I think we were 
a physical team that night, probably more physical than, than what we normally are. And I think you have to do that against Halifax or something we talked about this week in practice, um, you know, trying to force them to, to play a certain way. Um, and I thought we did that in the last win against them. So for us, it's just really being about, you know, ultra aggressive. Um, I think we had a, a good game plan against Halifax the last time we saw them. We're, we're trying to implement that again here this week. And, and if we go out and execute and, and again, be the more aggressive team, uh, I think we'll be in for another great game. So that's, again, Friday night at 7 o'clock. Also, if you're following the Moncton Magic on social media, you'll see that that's a pink game Friday night, $5 from each ticket purchased, going to support uh, research for breast cancer. So, again, check that out. It'd be great if you can come out to the Coliseum and see that game. And we'll just go back to you for a quick second, Terry. I know in talking to Coach all season long on the podcast, one of the things that he talks about in the few times that we've we've talked about you is how much you love the challenge of going up against one of the other guys on another team that is a top-level player, whether it's a Carl English or uh, a Charles Hinkle right on down the line. Who are, and again, knowing that, of course, you respect all the guys in the league, but who are two or three guys that you love matching up against that you, when you see them on the schedule, you're like, okay, here we go. I'm ready for this. I want this challenge. I don't know. Usually the leading scorer is any guard positions on any team I'll take. <clears throat> That's what it starts with. I don't really – pardon me? You'll take all comers. Anybody. Anybody that, like, is, has a good game the last few games, they lead. I don't, any guard, one to – even one to four, I'll take them. You got to like hearing that, Coach. Yeah, but, <laughs> but it, it's pretty it's, – it's kind of already a common theme with, with Terry. It's – um. I think that's the way he's always been. And I think I mentioned to you the other day, or I mentioned to David, um, you know, I think that was Terry's kind of bread and butter when he first came into this league. He was known as, you know, a real kind of lockdown defender um, and, and a guy who could really create havoc for other teams' individual scores. And, and his game has really progressed since then, obviously, into a MVP caliber player. So, um, yeah, no, he, he gets up for guys. You know, to me, it's such a luxury to have a guy that, you know, you always – every team's going to have scores. And for us to kind of always have that that guy who's just going to dog him, you know, all game, um, you know, it's a huge benefit for our for our defense. And, uh, it's a, you know, it's a big part of why we've had some success this season. Well, Terry, uh, I know that during the broadcasts, your, your style of play a couple of times, I've likened you to a big, strong, powerful running back, kind of the way that you just put your head down and charge up the floor. Something else that we've noticed that you do, and, and my partner Dave kind of coined it, the Terry Thomas primal scream. We kind of get one or two a game. Uh, where does that come from, Terry? Um, it comes from mostly, like, getting a stop defensively. I don't know. It just it just comes out. Like, I try to get the crowd into it. I get myself into it. I mean, I'm just, I'm just full of energy. Like, you work so hard, and it pays off. I mean, kind of a little, a little slight celebration. Well, we appreciate Scott, my, uh, my, my son, Camden, who obviously you know is, is getting into the photography field at a pretty young age, um, one of his favorite pictures he has in his room is uh, hanging up in his room is, is a picture of Terry uh, from a couple seasons ago. Uh, right at, you know, at the climax of that primal screen, it's, uh, it's a phenomenal picture. And I think that's Terry just being Terry, playing with emotion and, and playing with passion and intensity. You know, it's great. 
Well, I know from a broadcasting perspective, anytime we can have something like that, we consider it gold. So thanks again, Terry. We appreciate it, man. Uh, no problem. Thank you. Well, listen, uh, Coach, it's been a pleasure to be able to talk to both of you guys. Uh, again, Terry, I don't want to make you blush, but it's very easy to see why uh, Coach Salerno and the Moncton Magic enjoy having you on the team. Uh, you're a very talented player with a lot of heart and soul, and uh, you're also very humble. So we appreciate it. And again, just remind fans, Friday night against the Halifax Hurricanes, 7 o'clock Atlantic at the Moncton Coliseum. If you can't come out to the game, you can watch it online. You can find the link at the Moncton Magic website, monktonmagic.ca. And then again on Saturday night, the St. John Riptide, another big divisional matchup. The Riptide will be in again, 7 o'clock Atlantic. Same thing at the Coliseum or online at monktonmagic.ca. Gentlemen, it's been an absolute pleasure. We certainly appreciate you taking the time to do this. Coach, thanks for lucky number 13. And lucky number 13, Terry Thomas. Thanks for coming on the show. It's been great to have both of you guys with us here today. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Thank you, Scott. Yeah, anytime, Scott. We'll uh, look forward to seeing you this weekend and, and talking next week. Absolutely, gentlemen. We look forward to being there indeed. So once again, joining us today on the Magic Time podcast, it was head coach Joe Salerno and lucky 13, the primal one, Terry Thomas. Thanks again, guys. And until next time, I'm Scott Squires. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Magic Time Podcast. You've been listening to the Magic Time Podcast. Proudly brought to you by Firm Foundation Media.